From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Facebook, you've got some explaining to do. Facebook admits a Russian troll farm paid $100,000 for ads on its site as the election season carried on. Facebook is coming under fire for miscalculating the average amount of time users spend watching videos on the site. Facebook says it needs more eyes to keep the site safe and clean for everyone. And yesterday, CEO Mark Zuckerberg addressed the controversy over the Russia-funded political ads outlining nine steps the company will take to protect election integrity. Facebook's mission is all about giving people a voice and bringing people closer together. Those are democratic values and we're proud of them. I don't want anyone to use our tools to undermine democracy. That's not what we stand for. His response comes after increasing scrutiny of the company. Well, joining me to react with their own thumbs up or sad faces are two of my own Facebook friends, Rana Fruhar at the Financial Times and Rick Newman at Yahoo Finance. And Rick, Facebook has had controversies in the past. Why is this different? They're now getting into the political realm, certainly not by choice, but because of things that happened during the 2016 election, uh, they're attracting a lot of scrutiny in Washington right now. So I think you have to break this down into two different things. First, the advertising that you mentioned, it is generally illegal for foreign interests to advertise on behalf of any candidate in the United States. And it appears that is what happened with regard to some of these Russian groups that we're learning about. Second are these networks of fake accounts that people call bots or sometimes cyborgs, which some of them also seem to be operated by Russian interests. And what they do is they just sort of foment opinions in favor of whatever the message is they're trying to get out. And last year, that message was pro-Trump, anti-Clinton. And we really don't know much yet about the extent to which that was going on on Facebook and also Twitter. But there was a lot of that kind of activity. Rana, I have this image in my head of Mark Zuckerberg uh, playing whack-a-mole, trying to... trying to you know, deal with all these problems that are coming up. Rick points out the political problems. There are also the economic problems of working with advertisers. I mean, how is the company responding to all this? How are they handling this? Uh, not well, in short. I mean, I, you know, and I would say that Silicon Valley in general, not just Facebook, but a lot of the big platform players, Google and others, have come under fire for different issues, everything from antitrust to monopoly to privacy versus freedom of speech in the last few months. And they're not handling it well. I mean, I think that the truth is these companies got very big very quickly. Um, they're still run in large part by very young people who have not been in the spotlight for a long time. But the truth is that they're inside players now. You know, I mean, Facebook had folks uh, not only in the Trump war room in Texas during the campaign, but in Hillary Clinton's war room. You know, as traditional media has receded and these platforms have become the way in which most people around the world get their news, Facebook has two billion users. That's more than you know, some of the largest countries. Their influence has grown, and they haven't really grappled yet with the fact that this puts them in the sights of regulators. I think the regulatory environment around these companies is changing very, very quickly. And they're being perceived rightly as political insiders. You know, these companies are now some of the biggest lobbying forces in Washington. Rick, what are the long-term consequences if Facebook doesn't get a handle on this? As Rana just said, they could end up regulated perhaps the way TV and radio stations are with regard to political activity, for example. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Facebook. And we're also talking about Twitter here as well. They would have to abide by some new rules. I think the difficulty for Facebook would be their accounts are so dispersed 
and this new thing with targeted advertising where it's basically algorithms. It's not people making the decision, let's run this ad in Richmond and a different ad in Denver. It's algorithms trying to figure out specific characteristics of users across the whole Facebook platform and trying to figure out how to police that might be a technical problem. You know, Facebook has the best programmers in the world, so you would think they could figure this out, but this is where they're really going to be pushing back. Let me jump in here because I think in some ways this gets to the heart of their major problem, which is that these platform companies have since the mid-90s been given special loopholes that get them off the hook for liabilities that all sorts of other companies, newspaper companies, other publishers, other media firms would have to deal with. That might have been appropriate when, you know, these were guys in garages in Silicon Valley that didn't have the, the kind of legal or, or sort of managerial muscle to deal with these issues. That's not the case anymore. These are the largest and most powerful companies in the world, and they're being given special exemption from liability for everything from political entities that might be trying to influence elections to sexual predators that might be lurking online on their websites. They're coming under a lot of pressure from a lot of different legal cases, and I think that things are really going to change for them in the next five years. I think it's going to be the biggest economic story, actually. So you're saying what's been in effect in a lot of ways has just been them self-policing themselves, and that is not working anymore. Working ironically, it goes against the very argument they try and make, which is that hey, we're the town square. We we create the space. You do with it what you want. We can't be liable for anything. And yet, they realize that that business model has actually changed. That essentially, what they are is hyper focused advertisers. They are responsible. They do know what's going on in their websites, and so they are self policing. But then that makes uh, lawyers, regulators say, well, wait a minute. If you are self policing, if you are kind of just a hyper version of the same old, you know, advertising model, then why are you getting special exemptions that nobody else gets? There's actually a piece of bipartisan legislation that's going to be up soon in the Senate looking at this. Barana's talking about advertising, but this also goes for content. I mean, all of the content on Facebook is free to Facebook. That's everything you and I and everybody put there. That's free content. And Facebook's position has been, we don't create the content, therefore we shouldn't be responsible for it. No media organization can get away with that. You can't have a writer or a broadcaster put that stuff on your network or your newspaper and then say, we're not responsible. I mean, it's clearly understood you are responsible. And Facebook has not been held responsible up till now. And that's what seems like it could change. But is greater regulation the solution? Well, if I can jump in here and say that, you know, I think you're hitting a key point, which is that the content is free, and I put that in quotation marks, free isn't really free. And this gets to the point about antitrust and monopoly policy in America, which for the last 40 years has been predicated on, is a company making stuff cheaper for consumers? If they are, then there's no problem. They can be as big politically and economically as they want to be. But in this new digital world, we are the raw material. Our data is the raw product. And they give us products and services for free, quote, unquote, but it's us that's being monetized. It's not dollars. It's data that is the measure of commerce now. And I think that that requires an entirely new regulatory framework, antitrust framework for these companies. Rana Fruhar is a columnist at the Financial Times. And Rick Newman is a columnist at Yahoo Finance. Thank you both for joining. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman. And this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC. 